Thank you for tuning in to Coppin' with Comic. I'm Brian Coppin, and we're with comic Courtney McGinnis. Courtney McGinnis, how the hell are you? I'm doing good, Brian. How are you? Happy I'm doing, quarantine. Oh, happy quarantine to you. We could have said that every day for the past three, four months. Yes. Isn't that nice? Oh, I'm so yeah, I'm so glad we're doing so today because Courtney McGinnis, where, where can we see you do comedy online? It looks like you're doing some sketch videos on social and that's Court McGinnis on both Twitter and Instagram. That is correct. Court McGinnis or CourtneyMcGinnis.com. I'm very bad about updating my website, but I'll probably get around to it sometime this week. And um, I also have a podcast called The Narcissistas. And you can check out that anywhere you get podcasts. Um, Yeah. And that's you and who else? Do you have a co-host? Yeah. So it's actually my best friend of the last 15 years. He's not a comic, but he's way funnier than me, if that makes (laughs) sense. Something to aspire uh, to, yeah, to be as funny as your non-comedic co-host. Exactly, exactly. Every time he gets a good joke in, I'm like, God damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Your writing material, you know, for for the next time around. It's all just to impress him, but yeah, it's the two (laughs) of us, and so, you know, we've been friends forever since high school, so um, yeah, it's a pretty good rapport. It's pretty pretty easy (laughs) doing it with your best friend. And you guys talk about divas, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yes, that is truly the only thing I would like to talk about. I think there's so much important things to be talking about, but my favorite thing to talk about is divas. Yeah, what is it about divas that kind of focus your focuses your int- focuses your attention, but also your passion? Hmm, that's a great question. I think, I mean, to me, they're just like such um, just the cultural importance of them and how like. Um, and it just what they're just larger than life, you know what I mean? I obviously yeah. like love pop music and and uh, I love R and B. Those are like my two favorites, and so I do like like the music. But then just um, their cultural importance is so fascinating, and their celebrity. And I think um, I really grew up in a time where we watched celebrity go on this whole crazy ride, like just as the internet exploded and uh, tabloids exploded. Like like when I was a kid, People Magazine was an actual like magazine with articles yes. and then to just you know to just like watch everything like because and all these divas go through it like Britney Spears is a great example like what she's been through is just like kind of the journey of celebrity and now I think we're in a much better place but that definitely has been my fascination just watching these girls from like the 90s to now is just like an insane journey you know yeah like mtv was pretty huge like i used to work in a music store during mtv and they always had total request live on with carson oh. daly and oh you know God. to see yeah the britney spears videos and the christina aguilera videos like to kind of lead me to the question of you know is it a reflection of society and if so how does the how did society kind of um what spur on uh, spur on you know cr- how did society create the divas like Missy uh, Missy Elliott back in the day to Britney Spears a little bit later to Mariah you know to Mariah to Mariah Carey to somebody like Beyonce and, and Rihanna today. Yeah, sorry, you can probably hear my dog in the background. She's just making oh, sure you know she's dog. here. Yeah, good dog. Good dog. Um, um, you know, it's so I think the internet has a lot to do with it. Um. I think we just, and just like celebrity, because I think with the internet, all these American celebrities quickly became global celebrities almost instantly. 
Um, and then just like, it's almost like a drug, just like feeding into this like need to know. I mean, we watched it with like reality TV too, you know, where it's like just the need to like know dirt and know behind the scenes, like what's going on in these people's lives. And, and so I think, so like Missy Elliott back in the day, um, I think she was, well, Missy and Mariah both are like early 90s. They kind of exploded. And so Almost they like were pre, pre-internet even. So, I mean, it, it might yeah. have had more to do with, um, you know, Missy, Missy Elliott making great videos than any kind of spreading on the internet. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think what's interesting about the two of them is you're right. It's pre-internet. So it was more like they had to performed for the machine that is the music industry, if that yeah. makes sense. So, like, Mariah Carey um, had to, like, impress uh, Tommy Mottola in order to get <laughs> And ma- marry, marry him, too, right? End up marrying him, which, by the <laughs> way, fuck Tommy Mottola. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but, like, they had to, like, almost impress these, like, gatekeepers. And I don't know if you know this story about Missy Elliott. Back in the day, Missy Elliott... Um, they, they, she performed, oh, I can't remember what song it was, but she performed the song and they actually had another girl perform it in the video because they didn't think someone who looked like Missy Elliott could, you know, be a pop icon. And yeah. so that's, that's the truth behind the garbage bag, you know, in, Miss, <laughs> in Missy's Can't Stand the Rain video because she was like, oh, am I too big and black? Let me put on this giant, big black garbage bag. And it became one of the most oh. iconic music video moments of, of our like cultural is, generation. Is why, yeah. Is that why she did it? Yes. That's exactly why she did it. So, <sighs> so isn't that insane? So like, I think back then they had to like, whatever, impress these old white men in order to get a chance. And now it's completely, I mean, obviously now when you come now, it's like you need a Spotify and an Instagram following and you can kind of make your own way and then they'll exploit you, you know, but at least you have the opportunity um, to kind of build a following on your own. Whereas um, like Britney and Beyonce were kind of in the middle of everything. They got the tail end of the height of the music industry, like millions of albums sold the week it was released, which doesn't happen anymore. And the height of Total Request Live, like the height of this like huge pop wave. But now they've just kind of not only had to ride this wave through our like celebrity obsession and tabloid exploitation and um now they're having to like figure out the internet and how you release things on the internet like the those girls specifically and Rihanna is like a little bit later than them but she had to as well it's just like the way they've had to like kind of transform their business and the way they release music is like basically just following the the how the internet has evolved yeah. And so, I mean, back in the day when you know, it's like it's like John F. Kennedy against Nixon in debate, you know, John F. Kennedy had to look good in a televised debate and Nixon looked bad and sweaty, whereas Britney Spears to look good on TV, she needed to wear the Catholic schoolgirl outfit. But then when, you know, TV became less important, it almost gave Britney the license to melt down a little bit. Exactly. Well, yeah. And I just think um, so we actually talked about this on our podcast. We kind of have this thing where it's like especially like we were saying, in the TRL days, those girls that were child stars. So, like, Beyonce, Britney, like, Britney was on the Mickey Mouse Club, Christina was on the Mickey Mouse Club, Beyonce was, like, on Star Search. So, like, these girls have been working since they were children. And then they just, you know, hit an an insane celebrity that I don't know if that sort of celebrity will ever happen again, just because now we're so siloed in our own sections of the internet and who we care about. Yeah. 
but they just hit this insane celebrity and had to deal with it. So we kind of talked about on my podcast, like, sorry, Millie, stop. <laughs> so we talked about on my podcast. She knows a lot about divas. Um, <laughs> we talked about on our podcast that, like, the girls who came from more middle-class backgrounds, like Beyonce, and had maybe more of, like, a stable family and I mean that very, this very generally. Um, <laughs> um, they kind of weathered this and were able to not melt down in public in the way that, like, Mariah did. Mariah did it on TRL. Mariah was one of the first internet breakdowns. Um, yeah. After Glitter came out, she kind of melted down on her blog. And that's when, like, celebrity gossip columnists started, like, blowing up. So, like, Mariah melted down, Britney melted down. But they both come from, like, more, like... Like I don't want to say lower class, but they were like you know had it struggled more growing up. Their family kind of, especially you see with Britney, like her family relied on her for money and stability since she was a like preteen, yeah. you know, since the since the Mickey Mouse Club days. So we do talk about like those like meltdowns also have to do with the amount of weight that's on these girls' shoulders, you know, <laughs> and just and Britney is, I mean, that the exploitation of Britney Spears is insane. Like if you go back now in 2020 and look at the way the paparazzi treated her, it yeah. I mean, it was disgusting. It was insane the way we exploited her, like the meltdown was our society's fault. You know what I mean? <sighs> But do we think somebody like Beyonce is sheltered from that because she has the beehive? Like if, if paparazzi were to treat Beyonce like that, if they were to get through her 85 security guards, you know, would would the people just totally lynch whomever the paparazzi was? I mean, yes. The hive yeah. is strong, as Beyonce so, says. The bees bite back. <laughs> <laughs> but why is that? Like, why, you know, yeah. to me, like, here's my hot take. I think Beyonce is overrated. Oh yeah. my God! Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna set you up here. I'm gonna I'm gonna put put the ball and on the tee and 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 you're gonna hit a home run with this tee ball. You're gonna hit it just out of the park, out of the out of the state. Um, like you know, Rihanna's good. Beyonce's good. She has some good songs, but she's a little overwrought in that. I think she can't treat a non-ballad with any sort of nuance, subtlety. Um, you know, just something like Take Off, which was, I think it was on the Watch the Throne album with Jay-Z and Kanye. She just she, she just only knows how to belt yeah. on up, upbeat songs, whereas with a ballad, she almost is a little bit more delicate with it. Do we think that she lost her ability after Destiny's Child to belt out an up-tempo song? And of course, your answer is no, but why? Oh, my answer is absolutely no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, whew, okay, whew, how do I, yikes, all right. Um, <laughs> so, many, so many things to push back on. Okay, so many things to push back on. First of all, the Beyonce is overrated thing is so insane to me because, I mean, this woman has been nonstop working since the yeah. 90s, right? And she has. And they go back and check the motherfucking receipts. This bitch has <laughs> gotten better every single time. So my, actually my, I mean, Lemonade is a masterpiece. The visual album is a masterpiece. But I think her album four is where she really went from this, like, that's when the album, when she dropped her dad as a manager, She this was her first album on her own with her own production company with everything on her own. And since then, she has, like, transformed herself and elevated herself past anything anyone ever expected of her everyone tries to write her off because she is a black woman i will say that absolutely i think that 
I mean, if you look at Beyonce in the 90s, she was being told she can't be on the cover of magazines because she's black and black girls don't sell magazines. And now fucking look at her right now. This bitch cannot do anything wrong. Everything is perfection. Everything is like her control, her vision, her like getting people to fuck together. People can call her whatever they want, but it's only because she is such a powerful fucking woman. And she said it in the uh, graduation speech to the class of 2020. She was like, "I they wouldn't give me a seat at the table, talking about the music industry, so I chopped down a fucking tree and I made my own fucking table. She didn't say the fuck so much, but, <laughs> but like, I just think she has surpassed anything that any diva has ever done before her she is i mean jay-z's lyric i'm not a businessman i'm a businessman that is beyonce beyonce has like and maybe it is with like the guidance of jay-z but like she has created her own industry and the way she has impacted every single thing is like so mind-blowing to be the first black woman to headline coachella and just i mean have you ever watched homecoming no, I haven't watched. I think I might. I think I stayed away from it. That was the documentary recently released on Netflix, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was a master. It was actually a film, by the way. Uh, it was... <laughs> it's not just, not just a documentary. It's a film. But that's what I'm hearing in the passion. Like a lot of the words I'm hearing are not, you know, oh, she still is able to, you know, treat an up-tempo song like she did back when she was with Destiny's Child and that she's not a belter. Like, I'm hearing things like dumped her dad as a manager, vision, control, uh, all these things. The fact the fact that she's a disruptor. She's the, you know, first black woman on the, on the cover of blank or, or yeah. uh, open, you know, the first one headlining Coachella. But these things are the ones that inspire the passion in the beehive. And yes. I guess what I'm saying is a lot of that doesn't have too much to do with singing. It might have more to do with her message mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, both in the lyrics and off the lyrics she's the message and the vibe she's giving out through things like power and control and things like that it and they don't have they don't moment. have much, but they but yes i mean like the passion has little to do with uh her singing now because it's just as good as during or even better is what i'm saying during destiny's child or her on on ballads like halo or something Right. Um, Okay, so yes, definitely. I think that when people try to come for me about how she's overrated or whatever, and and like you're saying about like, it has little to the music, I don't mind when people don't like her music. Everyone can like different music. So I think you are right in saying that like, the passion and the real fire is just for like, I mean, like we, we talked about earlier, it just like the cultural importance of a woman like Beyonce that is where like the passion comes from for sure and just the like the queendom the like bow down to her because she has done so much outside of the music um yeah. but personally me i'm obsessed with everything i'm obsessed with every the gift black is king is about to come out at the end of the at the end of the month like I mean, I listen to her music more than I listen to anything at all. So maybe vocally, I mean, listen, I am probably the worst singer of all time. (laughs) I will definitely say that. (laughs) But like, so I mean, vocally, I'm not very like, I won't critique her too much because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I don't even know what pitch is. You know what I mean? 
like but and and I and I'm like I also love Jennifer Hudson and so when Dreamgirls came out they performed at the Oscars together and Jennifer just out sang the fuck out of Beyonce and I'm not uh, saying like I don't see that I don't know that I know that there are better vocalists I doubt there's better performers but um but like musically, I I am whatever critique anyone has, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, I sure maybe her voice did sound better when she was 20 years old releasing her first album, you know, um, first solo album, and uh, you know, so maybe that is. But like, I think you are right in saying that like the passion and the fire and the like, how dare you say she's overrated is from how she has created a business, how much she means for women, how much she means for black women, black people, black culture. Like she is just so far. I mean, I love Britney. I will never talk shit on Britney, but like, look what Britney's doing. Look what Christina's doing. Look what Mariah's doing. And then look what fucking Beyonce is doing. Like there is just no comparison to the girls that started at the same time as her. Yeah, and I, I guess the big the big kind of comparison and contrast that's set up is the fact that if you take Beyonce and Christina Aguilera and they're both gifted vocalists and dare I say belters, you know, they belt it out. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. You know, there's a reason why, you know, there's a beehive behind Beyonce and not much of anything be- behind Christina. And it might not be the difference between black and white. Like if Christina were black, I think that <laughs> she might have a strong, little bit stronger of a following because her lyrics would be kind of parsed for meaning, um, you know, kind of an empowering message to black people. But, you know, on the lyric sheet, off the lyric sheet, Christina is not doing much by way of message. And right. that's why she doesn't have a beehive behind her. Right. And she's tried to, I mean, again, love Rihanna, love Christina, love all these girls. Um, But she has tried to reinvent herself every time in a Madonna type way. And I just don't identify with those people as much as much as I mean, Rihanna is like, musically like those are my songs. I love if I'm gonna party, I'm putting on Rihanna. But um, but the the reinvention and the total, like, I mean, I think Rihanna has a very strong personality, so it's different. But, like, I don't identify with Madonna as much. I don't identify with Christina as much because they just, like, try to do a whole new package every time. And to me, you're right. It's, like, not a strong as strong of a message. There's not as much of a connection. Like, maybe you're not into the package. So then, what, that's, like two years of like not really connecting with your air quotes like favorite diva you know i just yeah. don't so it's kind of it's, it's kind of inauthentic with people like christina and madonna whereas beyonce has always been kind of one powerful black woman voice absolutely absolutely and, and what I, about what about courtney courtney mcginnis's comedy can can we take from this like if i were to look at you and of course i do on court mcginnis on social on social platforms like what's the next sketch video that's going to give us the the authentic voice of courtney mcginnis is it powerful <laughs> powerful white woman or what is it oh god please no it's a very <laughs> sad white woman who's like trying her best out here <laughs> as long as it, as long as it's authentic right absolutely absolutely yeah so at Corn McGinnis again I make making stupid little videos in quarantine mostly my podcast the narcissistas um and if you want to check out any of my old stand-up videos I do love to talk about diva conspiracy theories so hello (laughs) (laughs) Mariah Carey did she plan 9-11 to cover up for the release of glitter I don't know you tell me okay (laughs) 
yeah, to kind of sum up Courtney McGinnis, I see a picture of her with a championship belt on. She's carrying <laughs> she's carrying a dog, which also has a championship belt. Absolutely, that is it. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's and, and I kind of worry though because if you know if, if you're just saying you know really really sad white woman, like what happens when you get happy? Like, are we going to think you're it's an, it's an inauthentic turn like a Christina Aguilera? Oh or will you never? Or will you never change? Are you kind of stuck in that sad white woman box forever? Oh uh, no, I'm definitely stuck in this box. See, I'm like a, I'm like a sad white woman who just on the exterior just pushes the happiness out. So I'm like, come on, please, love me. <laughs> that will never change. That's been since day one, baby. Oh, I've changed. got a strong brand. <laughs> and when can people look at narcissistas? When is that released weekly? Every Thursday, baby Thursdays. What? And it's just everywhere pods are. So Apple, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all the, all the things. We make sure we're on all the platforms. So no matter what kind of phone you got, you can listen. We just finished a series on Lil' Kim that has been so much fun. Lil' Kim is so important. And yeah, so tune in to see who we got next. And, and, and do that, of course. But when you look at her Twitter bio, you're going to see that her website is blacklivesmatter.com. And I love that. <laughs> Well, I mean, come on, you. Yeah, that also really matters way more than my dumbass website. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, we just have to realize. Yeah, we have to realize these things that, like, yeah, you know, you know, our sad white woman vibe is totally important to keep authentic and consistent. But there's more important things out there, and Black Lives do matter. So, Courtney McGinnis, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brian. It was so nice talking to you. I hope you have a good rest of the weekend. Oh, you too.